0: Welcome to our first session on a series of 12 looking at Understanding the Ages. I'd like to just welcome God's presence with me here now as I'm sharing and also with you as you're watching at home. Thank you Father that you are, you are our Father and you're a Father that loves his children. You love to be present. And Father thank you that uh, we are all made to be one family so you're with me here present in this time, and this space but you're also with each and every person who welcomes you into the place where they are as they're watching these messages. We thank you for that incredible truth that is ours made available through the finished work of Jesus Christ our Lord. So we welcome your presence, speak to us, enlighten us touch our hearts move our understanding so that we have a better appreciation of who you are and what you are doing in our day and in our lives in Jesus mighty name. Amen. I'd like to begin if I may in uh, Matthew's Gospel Matthew 24 where the disciples uh, had this encounter with Jesus It's Matthew uh, chapter 24 right at the end of Jesus' ministry in the last week before he was crucified. At that time, Jesus left, this is Matthew 24, verse 1. Jesus left the temple and was walking away with his disciples when his disciples came up to him to call attention to its buildings. Do you see all these things, he asked. I tell you the truth, not one stone here will be left on another. Every one will be thrown down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age?" So clearly we see that the disciples had an expectation of the end of the age. And they tied it in with two things as well. They tied it in with the destruction of the temple which Jesus has just mentioned. Now, from history, we know that the destruction of that temple that Herod had built, which was a magnificent building that uh, everyone, including the disciples, took great pride in, was destroyed by the Romans in AD 70. Now, the disciples tied up this destruction of the temple that Jesus had spoken about with his coming. In the Greek, that that word is parousia, which means this, this period of change. Oftentimes when we read that scripture, we immediately think, oh, it's talking about the second coming. So the disciples are saying, what's the sign of your second coming and the end of the age? They're actually thinking about Jesus kicking out the Romans, knocking down all that they've done, including the the temple, and then sitting on the throne ruling over all of Jerusalem and over all the nations of the world. That's their picture. Now, when we read this scripture we, and we see the answer that Jesus gives, which talks both about the destruction of the temple and the signs at the end of the age, which are really coming about before Jesus comes again and leading up to his coming again, which brings the age that we're now living in to a conclusion. So when we read this scripture, we have a different understanding Because of our understanding of the ages and the destruction of the temple and Jesus coming again and then the resurrection from the dead and all that involves, we have a different understanding to what the disciples had when they asked this question. And Jesus answered the question really for our understanding, I'm sure much of it went over the disciples' head because they didn't have that understanding of God's purposes revealed in the ages that we have today. And so um, this continued for the disciples when we come to Acts chapter 1. Uh, In Acts chapter 1, Jesus has been resurrected. The disciples have have met with this resurrected Jesus, especially on the road to Emmaus. and And now they've come to an understanding that the Messiah had to suffer and die. They never got it before the cross. Now they've got it. But they're still trying to tie in together this conquering messianic king who sits on the throne. It's a physical kingdom. It's a physical ruling over all of Israel and all the nations of the world. It's promised in the Old Testament time and time again. The disciples were expecting when they understood that Jesus was Messiah that was going to happen right then. That's why when Jesus said, after Peter revealed in Matthew 16, Oh, you're the Christ Messiah, and God said... You got that from heaven, Peter. Good on you. And then when Jesus starts to talk about he's going to die, Peter says, no, 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 no. You're the Messiah. It doesn't go that way. Well, in the beginning of Acts, they've got that the Messiah had to suffer and they're trying to figure out where this restoration of the kingdom of Israel comes. And that's the restoration of the kingdom is the king sitting on the throne, Jesus So they asked Jesus in Acts chapter 1, Are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel at this time? Jesus answers, It's not for you to know the times the Father is set by his own authority. But you wait for me in Jerusalem, and then you will receive power from on high, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the utmost ends of the earth. Jesus is unveiling the kingdom purposes for this whole age, the gospel is meant to go out to all the nations, and then, after the gospel has gone all to, na- to all the nations, it's then time for the kingdom to be restored to Israel, and for the King to come and rule and reign in Jerusalem in the millennium time. In this studies, as as we look at an understanding of the ages, we're going to delve into to something more of that. Because Jesus actually spoke about the end of the age and multiple ages on numerous times. In Matthew 13 which is a collection of a whole lot of these parables, two of those major parables are about the end of the age. The first of these was uh, uh, the parable of the tares where farmer plants a field, goes to bed and at night the enemy comes and plants all these weeds in his field and the workers come and uh, and saying, look, the, 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 the weed's growing up, but there's weeds in there too. What should we do? And the farmer says, just leave it. It'll be all sorted out at the end. Come the harvest time. And Jesus, in the interpretation, says that harvest time happens at the end of the age. I'll send out the angels, and they shall collect up all the weeds. They will gather the weeds together, and they shall be burned up. They'll be separated from the wheat, separated. Weeds on one side, wheat on the other. The weeds will all be burnt up and then he'll gather the wheat into his harvest. The second parable is about the net and all the fish are brought and the, the bad fish are taken out of the net and chucked away and the good fish is taken into the baskets and taken home. So Jesus in his parable spoke about the end of the age. If we look in Matthew's Gospel in Matthew chapter 12 and verse 32, Jesus also spoke about the ages. In this, he actually speaks about two ages. He says, if you blaspheme against the Son of God, then there is forgiveness available for you. But if you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, you will not be forgiven either in this age or the age to come. So here, Jesus is speaking about two ages. In the church, and and my experience of church, I've I've never heard anyone talk about the ages, what that means what this age is or, or, or that there's more than one age. And so I recognise in, in speaking about these things, it's not something that's been part of our language or even part of what we've looked at or understood in uh, in our normal experience of church. I didn't hear anything about it in Bible college, in my biblical training. But it's something that the Lord has laid very strongly in my heart in, in recent years and, and given me... Um, Many different understandings of it, which I'll be sharing in this series. The last one we need to look at is in Luke chapter 20. In Luke chapter 20, a group of Sadducees. Now, Sadducees um, only believed in the revelation through Moses, who had the Ten Commandments and the law. And and so they they believed in the first five books that Moses wrote in the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers and Deuteronomy. And anything else, all the books of history or the books of the prophets, nah, nah, that's not of God. It's all rubbish. So all their theology was understanding was based on just those first five books. In, in, In one sense, when you look at the Sadducees, they had no understanding of the revelation of God over the ages. They only had one age, which was Moses. And in those first five books, there's no reference to either resurrection or life after death. And so they said, nope, doesn't happen. Wasn't part of their theology. And so they came to Jesus with this question. You know, if seven brothers marry the same woman, well, come the resurrection, which they didn't believe in, so they're saying it's all rubbish anyhow. Come the resurrection, who's she married to? See, it doesn't make sense. What does Jesus say to them? Let's read it. I've got it here. Luke chapter 20. This is what Jesus says. The people of this age married and are given in marriage. But those who are considered worthy to take part in that age, so he's talking about a different age, once again, more than one age, and in the resurrection from the dead, and will neither marry nor be given in marriage. And they can no longer die, for they are like the angels. They are God's children. Since they are children of the resurrection... But in the account of the bush, even Moses showed that the dead rise, for he calls the Lord the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He's not the God of the dead, but of the living, for to him all are alive. In this passage, Jesus is cutting down the whole understanding of the Sadducees by referring to a reference in those first five books that Moses wrote, that God is the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. He's the God of living, not the dead. So there is a resurrection from the dead and it's there in the first five books. But more than that, what he's talking about is you do not understand in this next, in the resurrection age, there's a different order in place. Those who have been risen from the dead are not continuing a marriage that they had in, in this present age or ages past. But they have been released from that marriage which ceases when we die. And so they're not not continuing to be married to someone and they're also not therefore engaging in marrying someone else either because they're in the resurrection. So clearly Jesus is talking about a different dispensation that's part of the ages. And so in this series, I've got, uh, there'll be 12 in this series. The first two are, are basically introductions. To, uh, today to an understanding that the ages are real and that they're in the gospel, they're in the disciples' understanding, very clearly they're in the understanding of Jesus and his teaching, even though it hasn't been part, mostly, of our church teaching. In the next seven in the series, so that's uh, session three through to session ten, we'll be looking at the seven ages of man. The first age was started with Adam. Uh, where all mankind was created and the introduction, impact and implication of sin is revealed in that whole age. The second age uh, starts with the flood. <laughs> First age is over, the flood finishes it, and there's a, a, a new start after the flood, and so that's established but through Noah. And then we have the third age through Abraham where God chooses one nation for himself. And then we have the fourth age where God creates a whole nation that are in covenant with him. And this is through Moses. And then they're brought to the promised land, but they never properly take hold of it until there's a new age initiated through Samuel. And this initiates uh, a king in David and the promise of an eternal kingdom that is not seen fulfilled until Mary gives birth to God. Emmanuel, God with us. And so begins the sixth age, which is the age that we now live in. And we know at the end of this age, Jesus is coming again and there will be a seventh age, which is the age of the millennium. thousand years of Jesus ruling. So in the the third session through to the tenth session, we'll look individually at each one of these ages and how they started, what the... uh, what were the major impacts and changes that we see as part of that and then to conclude the series we'll come back and we'll just um, have a summary of once again those whole seven ages and, and the initiators and, what, uh, and some of the major themes that they initiated through all of those seven seven ages and then lastly just to conclude we'll come back to Matthew 24 and look at some specific things about the end of this age Just just a little taste as we're looking at these things you might ask yourself the question well what what importance does that have to me what does that mean for me and and I believe as we understand these fundamental foundational things of how God has moved through all the ages and there's been a purpose of that as we see that clearly we can see more clearly The divine purpose of God that's been there from the beginning of creation and will be there and and continue to be filled and and building on one another. Because in these seven ages they build more on God's purposes being fulfilled. And we can understand more of what God's purposes are for us personally and for the whole world. Did you realise that it wasn't until the 1500s that... uh, people began to question the understanding that the sun, the moon and all the stars, they revolved around the earth. The earth was the centre of all things. This is a problem man, it's all about me and everything revolves around me. And for man, always see, the sun goes across the sky. The thing that didn't move is us, we're the centre. But it wasn't until the 1500s that someone says, actually, I reckon that the earth travels around the sun and then start to work out, oh, the, 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 you know, the, the, the different scenes of the moon. The moon, and now we know the moon orbits around the earth, and the earth orbit, orbits around the sun, and there's other planets, and they orbit around the sun, and then we start to see the whole picture of the stars and all the galaxies. But without that understanding that we're not the centre, none of the movements make sense. Why is the sun going that way? Why is the stars going that way? Why at some seasons the stars are here and at different places there? We, it just, it's all there and we see different parts, but we, we, it's like having all the pieces of the jigsaw, but we can't fit them together. They don't, they don't fit. They all arrive over the place. And for us to understand the times and the, end of, the t- end, of, end of this age, well, a helpful thing is to understand how God has started, initiated and finished each and every age. How are we going to see that? How are we going to understand that? Well, if we can understand how God has worked in all these seven ages, then it can give us a clearer, better understanding of what's happening in our world today, right before our very face. So welcome to this series. I hope you're going to enjoy it. Let me just pray as we finish now. Father thank you that you are the living God. Thank you that you have had a purpose from the very moment even before we were born. You already had. You already knew us individually but Lord all of creation you had a purpose and a plan and you created this world for us and and placed us in authority over it. Father as we're exploring these different ages and your work in all the ages, both in starting them and finishing them. May we come to a deeper understanding of your purposes in in, in the big issues, but also then more specifically what you're doing in this time so that we can interpret what's happening in our world today and understand where it fits in with your divine purposes and Lord with that may we each one individually have a clearer understanding of what you desire and have planned for our lives. So be with us, lead us us in this time we ask, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless.